Chapter Nine, Part Three of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Two. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Mysteries of Paris by Eugène Sue. Chapter Nine, Part Three. Madame Dubreuil led Clara to the house, while the Goualeuse remained in the midst of the hostile circle which had now formed around her. Spite of the reproaches of Madame Dubreuil, her presence and that of Clara had, in some degree, served to allay the fears of fleur-de-marie as to the probable termination of the scene but after the departure of both mother and daughter when she found herself so entirely at the mercy of the enraged crowd her strength seemed to forsake her and she was obliged to keep herself from falling by leaning on the parapet of the deep watering-place where the farm cattle were accustomed to drink nothing could be conceived more touching than the attitude of the unfortunate girl nor could a more threatening appearance have been displayed than was exhibited in the words and looks of the countrymen and women who surrounded her seated or rather supporting herself on the narrow margin of the wall which enclosed the drinking-place her head hanging down and concealed by both hands her neck and bosom hid by the ends of the little red cotton handkerchief which was twisted around her cap the poor goualeuse mute and motionless presented a most touching picture of grief and resignation at some little distance from fleur-de-marie stood the widow of the murdered man triumphant in her vindictive rage and still further excited by the indignation expressed by madame dubreuil she pointed out the wretched object of her wrath to the labourers and her children with gestures of contempt and detestation the farm servants who had now formed into a close circle sought not to conceal their disgust and thirst for vengeance their rude countenances expressed at once rage desire for revenge and a sort of insulting raillery the women were even still more bitter and bent upon mischief neither did the striking beauty of the goualeuse tend to allay their wrath but neither men nor women could pardon fleur-de-marie the heinous offence of having up to that hour been treated by their superiors as an equal and some of the men now present having been unsuccessful candidates for the vacant situations at bouqueval and attributing their failure to madame georges when in reality their disappointment arose entirely from their recommendations not being sufficiently satisfactory determined to avail themselves of the opportunity now before them to wreak their vexation and ill-will on the head of one she was known to protect and love the impulses of ignorant minds always lead to extremes either of good or bad but they speedily put on a most dangerous form when the fury of an enraged multitude is directed against those who may already have awakened their personal anger or aversion although the greater number of the labourers now collected together might not have been so strictly virtuous and free from moral blame as to be justified in throwing the first stone at the trembling fainting girl who was the object of all their concentrated wrath yet on the present occasion they unanimously spoke and acted as though her very presence was capable of contaminating them and their delicacy and modesty alike revolted at the bare recollection of the depraved class to which she had belonged and they shuddered to be so near one who confessed to having frequently conversed with assassins nothing then was wanting to urge on a blind and prejudiced crowd still further instigated by the example of madame dubreuil take her before the mayor cried one ay ay and if she won't walk we'll drag her and for her to have the impudence to dress herself like one of us honest girls said an awkward ill-looking farm-wench i'm sure rejoined another female with her mock modest air one might have thought she would go to heaven spite of priest or confession why she had the assurance even to attend mass no did she 
why did she not join in the communion afterwards then i should like to know and then she must play the young lady and hold up her head as high as our betters as though we were not good company enough for her however every dog has his day oh i'll make you find your tongue and tell who it was took my husband's life vociferated the enraged widow breaking out into a fresh storm now she felt her party so strong you all belong to one gang and i'm not sure but i saw you among them at the very time and place when the bloody deed was done come come don't stand there shedding your crocodile tears you are found out and may as well leave off shamming any more show your face i say you are a beauty ain't you and the infuriated woman suiting the action to the word violently snatched the two hands of poor fleur-de-marie from the pale and grief-worn countenance they concealed and down which tears were fast streaming the goualeuse sinking under a sense of shame and terrified at finding herself thus at the mercy of her persecutors joined her hands and turning towards the milk-woman her supplicating and timid looks she said in a gentle voice indeed indeed madame i have been at the farm of bouqueval these last two months how could i then have been witness to the dreadful misfortune you speak of and the faint tones of fleur-de-marie's voice were drowned in the loud uproarious cries of the surrounding multitude let us take her before the mayor she can speak and she shall too to some purpose march march my fine madam on with you so saying the menacing crowd pressed upon the poor girl who mechanically crossed her hands on her bosom looked eagerly around as though in search of help oh cried the milkwoman you need not stare about in that wild way mademoiselle clara is not here now to take your part you don't slip through my fingers i promise you alas madame uttered fleur-de-marie trembling violently i seek not to escape from you be assured i am both ready and willing to answer all the questions put to me if i can be of any service to you by so doing but what harm have i done to these people who surround and threaten me in this manner what have you done repeated a number of voices why you have dared to stick yourself up with our betters when we who were worth thousands more than such as you were made to keep our distance that's what you have done and what right had you to cause this poor woman to be turned away with her fatherless children cried another indeed it was no fault of mine it was mademoiselle clara who wished that is not true interrupted the speaker you never even opened your mouth in her favour no not you you were too well pleased to see her bread taken from her no 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 more she did chimed in the burst of voices male and female she is a regular bad one a poor widow woman with three helpless children if i did not plead for her with mademoiselle clara it was because i had not power to utter a word you could find strength enough to talk to a set of thieves and murderers and as is frequently the case in public commotions the country people more ignorant than vicious actually talked themselves into a fury until their own words and violence excited them to fresh acts of rage and vengeance against their unhappy victim the menacing throng gesticulating and loudly threatening advanced closer and closer towards fleur-de-marie while the widow appeared to have lost all command of herself separated from the deep pond only by the parapet on which she was leaning the goualeuse shuddered at the idea of their throwing her into the water 
and extending towards them her supplicating hands she exclaimed good kind people what do you want with me for pity's sake do not harm me and as the milkwoman with fierce and angry gestures kept coming nearer and nearer holding her clenched fist almost in the face of fleur de marie the poor girl drawing herself back in terror said in beseeching tones pray pray do not press so closely on me or you will cause me to fall into the water these words suggested a cruel idea to the rough spectators intending merely one of those practical jokes which however diverting to the projectors are fraught with serious harm and suffering to the unfortunate object of them one of the most violent of the number called out let's give her a plunge in duck her duck her yes yes chimed several voices accompanied with brutal laughter and noisy clapping of hands with other tokens of unanimous approval throw her in in with her a good dip will do her good water won't kill her that will teach her not to show her face among honest people again to be sure toss her in fling her over fortunately the ice was broken this morning and when she has had her bath she may go and tell her street companions how the folks at arnouville farm serve such vile girls as she is as these unfeeling speeches reached her ear as she heard their barbarous jokes and observed the exasperated looks of the brutally excited individuals who approached her to carry their threat into execution fleur de marie gave herself over for lost but to her first horror of a violent death succeeded a sort of gloomy satisfaction the future wore so threatening and hopeless an aspect for her that she thanked heaven for shortening her trial not another complaining word escaped her but gently falling on her knees and piously folding her hands upon her breast she closed her eyes and meekly resigned herself to her fate the labourers surprised at the attitude and mute resignation of the goualeuse hesitated a moment in the accomplishment of their savage design but rallied on their folly and irresolution by the female part of the assemblage they recommenced their uproarious cries as though to inspire themselves with the necessary courage to complete their wicked purpose just as two of the most furious of the party were about to seize on fleur de marie a loud thrilling voice was heard exclaiming stop i command you and at the very instant madame georges who had forced a passage through the crowd reached the still kneeling goualeuse took her in her arms and raising her cried rise up my child stand up my beloved daughter the knee should be bent to god alone the expression and attitude of madame georges were so full of courageous firmness that the actors in this cruel scene shrunk back speechless and confounded indignation coloured her usually pale features and casting on the labourers a stern look she said to them in a loud and threatening voice wretches are you not ashamed of such brutal conduct to a helpless girl like this she is my daughter exclaimed madame georges with severity and abruptly interrupting the man who was about to speak and as such both cherished and protected by our worthy cure monsieur laporte whom every one venerates and loves and those whom he loves and esteems ought to be respected by every one these simple words effectually imposed silence on the crowd the cure of bouqueval was looked upon throughout his district almost as a saint and many there present were well aware of the interest he took in the goualeuse still a confused murmur went on and madame georges fully comprehending its import added suppose this poor girl were the very worst of creatures the most abandoned of her sex 
your conduct is not the less disgraceful what offence has she committed and what right have you to punish her you who call yourselves men to exert your strength and power against one poor feeble unresisting female surely it was a cowardly action all to unite against a defenceless girl come marie come child of my heart let us return home there at least you are known and justly appreciated madame georges took the arm of fleur de marie while the labourers ashamed of their conduct the impropriety of which they now perceived respectfully dispersed the widow alone remained and advancing boldly to madame georges she said in a resolute tone i don't care for a word you say and as for this girl she does not quit this place until after she has deposed before the mayor as to all she knows of my poor husband's murder my good woman said madame georges restraining herself by a violent effort my daughter has no deposition to make here but at any future period that justice may require her testimony let her be summoned and she shall attend with myself until then no person has a right to question her but madame i say madame georges prevented the milkwoman from proceeding by replying in a severe tone the severe affliction you have experienced can scarcely excuse your conduct and you will one day regret the violence you have so improperly excited mademoiselle marie lives with me at the bouqueval farm inform the judge who received your deposition of that circumstance and say that we await his further orders the widow unable to argue against words so temperately and wisely spoken seated herself on the parapet of the drinking-place and embracing her children began to weep bitterly almost immediately after this scene pierre brought the chaise into which madame georges and fleur de marie mounted to return to bouqueval as they passed before the farmhouse of arnouville the goualeuse perceived clara who had hid herself behind a partly closed shutter weeping bitterly she was evidently watching for a last glimpse of her friend to whom she waved her handkerchief in token of farewell oh madame what shame to me and vexation to you has arisen this morning from our visit to arnouville said fleur-de-marie to her adopted parent when they found themselves in the sitting-room at bouqueval you have probably quarrelled for ever with madame dubreuil and all on my account oh i foresaw something terrible was about to happen god has justly punished me for deceiving that good lady and her daughter i am the unfortunate cause of perpetual disunion between yourself and your friend my dear child my friend is a warm-hearted excellent woman but rather weak still i know her too well not to feel certain that by to-morrow she will regret her foolish violence of to-day alas madame think not that i wish to take her part in preference to yours no god forbid pardon me if i say that i fear your great kindness towards me has induced you to shut your eyes to put yourself in the place of madame dubreuil to be told that the companion of your darling daughter was what i was ah could any one blame such natural indignation unfortunately madame georges could not find any satisfactory reply to this question of fleur de marie's who continued with much excitement soon will the degrading scene of yesterday be in everybody's mouth i fear not for myself but who can tell how far it may affect the reputation of mademoiselle clara who can answer for it that i may not have tarnished her fair fame for ever for she did not in the face of the assembled crowd persist in calling me her friend her sister i ought to have obeyed my first impulse and resisted the affection which attracted me towards mademoiselle dubreuil and at the risk of incurring her dislike have refused the friendship she offered me 
but i forgot the distance which separated me from her and now as you perceive i am suffering the just penalty i am punished oh how cruelly punished for i have perhaps done an irreparable injury to one so virtuous and so good my child said madame georges after a brief silence you are wrong to accuse yourself so cruelly tis true your past life has been guilty very highly so but are we to reckon as nothing your having by the sincerity of your repentance obtained the protection and favour of our excellent cure and was it not under his auspices and mine you were introduced to madame dubreuil and did not your own amiable qualities inspire her with the attachment she so voluntarily professed for you was it not she herself who requested you to call clara your sister and finally as i told her just now for i neither wished nor ought to conceal the whole truth from her how could i certain as i felt for your sincere repentance how could i divulging the past render your attempts to reinstate yourself more painful and difficult perhaps impossible by throwing you in despair of being again received by the good and virtuous back upon the scorn and derision of those who equally guilty equally unfortunate as you have been would not perhaps like you have preserved the secret instinct of honour and virtue the disclosure made by the woman to-day is alike to be lamented and feared but could i in anticipation of an almost impossible casualty sacrifice your present comfort and future repose ah madame a convincing proof of the false and miserable position i must ever hold may be found in the fact of your being obliged to conceal the past and that the mother of clara despises me for that past views me in the same contemptuous light all will henceforward behold me for the scene at the farm of arnouville will be quickly spread abroad every one will hear of it oh i shall die with shame never again can i meet the looks of any human being not even mine my child said madame georges bursting into tears and opening her arms to fleur de marie you will never find in my heart any other feeling than the devoted tenderness of a mother courage then dear marie console yourself with the knowledge of your hearty and sincere repentance you are here surrounded with true and affectionate friends let this home be your world we will anticipate the exposure you dread so much our worthy abbe shall assemble the people about the farm who all regard you with love and respect and he shall tell them the sad history of your past life and trust me my child told as the tale would be by him whose word is law here such a disclosure will but serve to increase the interest all take in your welfare i would fain think so dear madame and i submit myself yesterday when we were conversing together Monsieur le cure predicted to me that i should be called upon painfully to expiate my past offences i ought not therefore to be astonished at their commencement he told me also that my earthly trials would be accepted as some atonement for the great wrong i have done i would fain hope so supported through these painful ordeals by you and my venerable pastor i will not i ought not to complain you will go to his presence ere long and never will his counsels have been more valuable to you it is already half-past four prepare yourself for your visit to the rectory my child i shall employ myself in writing to m rodolph an account of what occurred in the farm at arnouville and send my letter off by express i will then join you at our venerable abbe's for it is most important we should talk over matters together shortly after the goualeuse quitted the farm in order to repair to the rectory by the hollow road 
where the old woman the schoolmaster and tortillard had agreed to meet as may have been perceived in her conversations with madame georges and the curé of bouqueval fleur de marie had so nobly profited by the example of her benefactors so assimilated herself with their principles that remembering her past degradation she daily became more hopeless of recovering the place she had lost in society as her mind expanded so did her fine and noble instincts arrive at mature growth and bring forth worthy fruits in the midst of the atmosphere of honour and purity in which she lived had she possessed a less exalted mind a less exquisite sensibility or an imagination of weaker quality fleur de marie might easily have been comforted and consoled but unfortunately not a single day passed in which she did not recall and almost live over again with an agony of horror and disgust the disgraceful miseries of her past life let the reader figure to himself a young creature of sixteen candid and pure and rejoicing in that very candour and purity thrown by frightful circumstances into the infamous den of the ogress and irrecoverably subjected to the dominion of such a fiend such was the reaction of the past on the present on fleur de marie's mind let us still further display the resentful retrospect or rather the moral agony with which the goualeuse suffered so excruciatingly by saying that she regretted more frequently than she had courage to own to the curé the not having perished in the midst of the slough of wickedness by which she was encompassed however little a person may reflect or however limited his knowledge of life may be he will not refuse to assent to our remarks touching the commiseration with such a case as fleur de marie's fully called for she was deserving of both interest and pity not only because she had never known what it was to have her affections fairly roused but because all her senses were torpid and as yet unawakened by noble impulses untaught unaided unadvised is it not wonderful that this unfortunate girl thrown at the tender age of sixteen years in the midst of the herd of savage and demoralized beings who infest the cité should have viewed her degrading position with horror and disgust and have escaped from the sink of iniquity morally pure and free from sin end of chapter nine part three read by celine major